After talking to Bill, I, you know, it really got me to think what it must be like to feel like you're being controlled and feel like something has, they're superior to you. And I know there are races probably out there that are much more advanced than all of us. You know, there's some things he said that, you know, the fact that we think our bodies are so important and his perception of the greys was that they didn't think much of it, but I would imagine they'd think of their, they wouldn't like that if somebody did that to them. So what I take away from that is he, from my perception, and I'm not trying to slight anything that anybody has to say, let alone Bill, I think he's a wonderful guy, but I think it's part of an agreement. And I've heard many different explanations of the greys. And if somebody does this to us and treats us the way these beings did with him, then I would say they're not as advanced spiritually as they might be technologically. Because anybody, regardless of what you think of how you know we value our bodies, you still would respect that at all times. And you would not, you know, the, the more spiritual I think the beings are, and there's alien races that are very spiritual, the more they're going to respect anyone and everyone, even the animals and the plants on the planet. So it made me want to do a show about many different things regarding the UFO topic, and I normally don't go down this road because I, I've been focused more on the what I think is the metaphysical, spiritual end of it. But it's all tied together, and right now it might be more tied together than ever before. So as we look at the grays, I would estimate there's probably at least two or three different types of grays. You've heard many different reports over the years. Some of you have probably followed this. Some of you haven't. goes back to Roswell being supposedly, supposedly finding gray bodies, the bodies of grays, and the crash. But it's been going on for far longer than that. So when I take the testimony of some of the people I've had on my podcast, there was a woman and her husband who came on one of the very first podcasts I did. And she talked about being taken by the greys and brought aboard the ship and treated extremely well. And they were asking her questions like, aren't you concerned with what's going on in your planet? And she said, yes. Now this was probably about 14 years ago. So the planet, things on the planet have changed quite a bit in that time. And also I think a Jim Maroney, who was taken, was very upset, and when he had a chance to talk to them and remember under hypnosis, he felt they were helping him, preparing him for something down the road in the future. And they explained everything to him. And when they left, he said he cried. Far different than what Bill seems to have experienced. But Bill's experience is not the worst of it. There's a third kind where people have told me they've gotten sick or had to go to the hospital and they would have, they felt like they would have died while whatever was being done with them. I think when I look back at the greys, what I initially learned about them came from a few different sources. Ramtha was one of them, and he said they were just these beings that bred emotion out of their race, and they had agreement with people to bring that uh, 
emotion back. And this is because they fought a war that they were losing and they felt the need to remove emotion so they could deal with all the death that was around them. So they removed emotion, they bred it out of, because this war lasted for for a long time. And over generations, they bred that out and then they came to find out they really need that. And so an agreement's made before we're born to assist them. Now, why do they keep coming and taking people and what are they doing to them? Well, Jim Maroney felt that they were preparing them for maybe a landing and they were going to communicate with people that they've taken. And they would kind of be the go-between. Now, I don't know 100% what's true on all of this. And then you have people that were taken on board ac- accidentally and then they were nothing happened to them and they were let go. So... The best I can say is that I believe that we may be seeing some that are wanting to pose as the greys to give them a bad name and not reveal what they really are. And some of them could be working with our government. You know, was uh, when they redid the X-Files, they had which was done several years after it went off, there was a show towards the end, which was only on, they only had it on for a couple of years, but they revealed that these UFOs were actually from the government and they were taking people. So was that a bit of truth? I think it's possible. Whatever people are dealing with that is not treating them with the greatest respect and love is obviously, it makes you wonder whose side, what en- what energy they're from. Are they from the light or are they involved in, or are they kind of in between? And you know what people say, there's a galactic veneration here now. Are the greys the enemy, which some have suggested, or are, and they're not the only ones, or are they, I've always seen them as more as neutral. They're not part of anything, but who knows? where the truth lies in all of that. There are people that swear the greys have helped them, the greys have, I don't know, but I think there's nothing to fear. And if people are taken, like Bill suggested, within families, well then you know that it's probably an agreement that's been going on for a long time. Also, we look at the crashes that are out there, and we think about, you know, Roswell's the only crash, and you start to connect the dots. There were many more crashes. There was the one in Missouri in 1941, I believe. There was another one in New Mexico, and I think another one in Arizona, 48, somewhere in there. And there was one in Brazil. I mean, there's been tons of them. But there's one in Brazil that I was researching that really stood out. And that was where they, a young girl and her family members, she was 14 at the time, 1996. They heard a noise, they went outside, she saw a being actually. And it wasn't a gray being, at least not what the typical grays look like. And this thing was hurt and it looked like it was afraid and she screamed and it made a strange noise. And the report from that time period is that an officer went to try to grab it and it bit him. 
and that officer died from whatever was caused by that bite. And then supposedly the U.S. military showed up and I don't know what became of this being. I don't think it survived and I think they took away pretty much everything. And this is a typical way things go, at least in North and South America and maybe other parts of the world too where they show up and they take anything that's there. And so this woman said she was actually interrogated by some U.S. authorities and asking her things she knew nothing about. But her story has not changed. So there's also the Kecksburg incident in 1964, pretty well-known incident where they claim it was a meteorite, but the meteorite was zigzagging through the sky. And it was a bell-shaped craft that landed. And you don't see too many of those type of crafts. Some have speculated that it could have been a German craft from World War II. The Germans were experimenting with ways to travel in time. Maybe I think they wanted to travel back because they were losing the war. This was late in the war. And maybe they're trying to find a way to go back and change history. Some speculate they moved forward because this was a bell-shaped craft they were experimenting with. And when the allies got there, they didn't find the craft at this location where they were doing an experiment. And a lot of things had been destroyed. This place still exists to this day. But is it possible that maybe they wound up in 1964 <laughs> in Pennsylvania? I don't know. But I do believe it definitely was not of an origin of something we're familiar with. And then, of course, the military showed up. They hauled it away on a truck, put a cover over it, gone. And then also, we look at other events where that are, seem to have a connection. When I think of Frank Ficino and all the work he did, with the Flatwoods Monster incident in 1952. And all of the documentation he had, he claimed, I think there was 40, 25 different craft that came over in one night, different parts of the country. And he, by speaking to a military officer who was getting towards the end of his life, the man said, yes, there was an agenda to shoot these craft down. And he also was able to prove that many of our jets were, we lost more jets after both the Korean and World War II combined in the 10 year period from the early 50s to the early 60s. More pilots for, they claimed were accidents, went down. Yet he proved that they were trying to shoot these craft down back in was September, I believe it was, of 1952. And now you can start to connect the dots. So what happened to these pilots that tried to shoot him down? Well, apparently they fired back at him to defend themselves, or they have some kind of way of protecting themselves. So you think about in our own backyard, if you're from Upper Michigan, the Kinross incident takes place in 1953, and a jet is scrambled, and it goes to intercept a UFO over Lake Superior, and then it, I don't know if it fires at it, because we don't know, but the radar 
says it just seemed like the two ships merged. So again, this is probably connected to what Frank uncovered, that they had to intercept these craft and fire at them. And then if you look at what happened in Korea around that time, and then Vietnam as well, there are reports, documented reports of people that were in the military and they saw these UFOs and they fired at them and they had strange things happen to them. So they learned we can't fire at them. One report in 19, in the 70s in Vietnam was where they were fired at a craft. They were on a river and this craft returned their own bullets at them and their own weapons. So, and it's like, whatever you shoot at us is gonna come back to you. And that's, there were former soldiers that talk about that, talked about that. Is it reliable? I think so, those reports. But you won't hear it publicly. So are we, are we at war with these beings? I don't think so because <laughs> they are far more superior than what we are. And I do truly believe there is a galactic federation and I truly believe they are here now. And I think they are here to assist us so that we can become free. And by that, what do you mean? It's like many of us believe the earth is changing. Many of us believe that we're maybe going to the fifth dimension. I don't know 100% on anything, to be honest. I've kept an open mind before I was kind of convinced, but you know what? I'm just going to remain open to all possibilities. So what may or may not be going on? And are we getting assistance from others? I sure hope so. And I believe, you know, the angelic realm and all the other realms are working together to liberate us we the people. And by liberating, it means waking us up so we make the choice to want to be liberated. And there's some things going on behind the scenes, perhaps, as well. So, is there a galactic federation? I believe there probably is. That's probably some of the ships we're seeing right now. Are they working with us? Yes. What about the greys? They're not part of that, are they? I don't think so. But I don't think they're part of the dark alliance, if you want to call it that, but they could be. Maybe one of the race of the greys is. I don't know. And then there's supposedly a race of aliens that have been running the planet for a long time. And they've instilled all the things that we believe are truthful. Our past, our history, our institutions, our religions, all this stuff. And Many now are beginning to question these things and think something's not right with all of this. And I think that's good. What does it hurt to question? Even if I'm wrong in all of these things. And also I want to mention I have an upcoming interview which is going to be on my buddy Dave Twitchell's show. And we talked about the plane. He heard about my plane incident and he wanted to talk about it. And I 
tried to remember everything I could. And of course, I talked about that plane. I did the math. I was roughly, I would guess, a half mile from this plane when I first saw it back in May of last year. It was a low-flying plane, no more than a couple hundred feet off the ground, and I saw it at an angle over the trees, about a 30-degree angle, northwest. And I went for another maybe 10, probably closer to 15 seconds. So if you're traveling 60 miles an hour, which is probably close to what I was doing, you know, that would be a quarter of a mile, 15 seconds. Now, I read that passenger planes, the slowest they can go is 111 miles. So that's almost 120. So that's twice as fast. So in that time period, I went another half mile at the most. And this plane going 120 would have traveled another half mile. I would have traveled a quarter mile. There's no way I could drive for, let's say, a half mile to a quarter mile and see this plane where it was. That plane should have been right where I saw it the first time. It should have, it should have been right on top of me. It should have passed me, if you do the math. And when I saw it, it was maybe a couple hundred yards away from me, no more than three city blocks as I look out the window, and no more, I think, no more than 200 feet up in the air. And I still can't understand why I saw this. And I can only think that time stopped. I just came to this conclusion because I drive by there every day. I slow down when there's no traffic. And I look and I think, how did I see the whole? And I saw the profile of the plane from tip to nose. It was exactly pointing straight. It wasn't pointing up or down. It wasn't tilted in any way. It was straight on. I saw the side view of the plane, and it was really close, like when you get close to an airport. I can't, you know, I, all I can say is I know I was really close, and, and one thing David brought up is that there were no jet engine noises, which I didn't even think of. Yeah, I didn't hear anything. But for me to be able to see it and know where the engines were and approximately how many windows I saw, you know, you're driving along, you glance at something, you got a half a second. This was like a, at least a full second looking it over. Maybe longer. Well, there's no way that window that I had to look through between those trees wouldn't have allowed me more than probably, I mean, maybe a second if I slowed down a lot. But I, did, I know I didn't slow down that much. And now I believe maybe, maybe I was, came to a stop. Not with my vehicle, but in time just in a moment, so I could see that. And then if that's true, then you have to wonder why. And am I being shown something? And I think most people that have dealt with UFOs feel like they were being shown something for a reason. So this may all be nothing. But if I was, then what's the reason? And I would say with many people, they're preparing us, certain ones of us, perhaps, if we're open to it, for contact. When they do eventually come forward, 
Some people say it could be soon. I don't know. I hope so. I mean, in a good way. As long as they're not here to eat me. <laughs> and then that's good. Which I don't believe they are, because they would have done it by now. You know, some may say, well, they're going to invade. And it's like, they already have, and they could easily destroy us in a heartbeat. So, I don't believe that. Just like what Bill said, Bill Konkoleski, he said, well, they haven't done anything so far. And that made me think of William Cooper, who said the same thing. Well, they haven't done anything, you know, they could have done a lot more. So, uh, I wanted to do this to maybe clarify things so people are not, you know, you have your own beliefs, maybe you've done your own explanations, I don't, explorations, I don't know. I just know that I don't want people to feel frightened because we gain nothing. I don't want people to feel divided, separated. We gain nothing. I don't. I haven't done these kind of shows in a while, but I promised Bill I would do it, and it is interesting. And I think there is a greater truth. It's connected to all the greater truths that are out there. So my shows aren't always about metaphysical. And you know, honestly, I'm I'm interested in pretty much all things. So, how do you learn if you don't keep asking questions? If you ever have a question or if you ever want to talk or come on, feel free to contact me. You can send me an email, tj2 at up.net. I will keep it confidential. You don't have to use your name. Maybe you've got something to share. Maybe you just want to share your opinion. That's all welcome. Thanks for listening.